The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, bringing brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m., on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m., on station KPSC, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m., on station KBTV, Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico in Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California, and Yuma, Arizona from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church, and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Galilee for 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continued the God's work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and conference and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Can you imagine what it would be like to see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? To meet Him in clouds of glory and to live with Him forevermore? Surely this is the hope of our salvation. These thoughts are expressed in our church choir's first musical number entitled, I Can Only Imagine, led by choir director Emilia Hahn. 
They are accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Bach and Carter on the organ. Thank you. 
Our church band will bring forth a musical rendition of Litany and Alleluia, led by yours truly.
Seth McCann Sarah Senior is our soloist today. He will sing a beautiful song titled Worthy of Worship. He'll be accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano, Trusty Associate Bassett, Evans Brooks Senior, Mason Asano Senior Guitars, and Associate Bassett Marvin Abing on the bass. <laughs> Feeling burdened, disheartened, or weary? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ tells us to come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There is no problem too big, mountain too tall, 
Storm he cannot calm, or sorrow too deep he cannot soothe. With Jesus, all things are possible. In this next song by the church choir entitled, He Will Carry You, we are reminded of who is in control, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who carries us daily when we put our trust in Him.
Up next, we have an instrumental group number by the Carrillo Ukulele Trio, comprised of three Carrillo family siblings. They will play a musical number called I'm Yours. They are accompanied by their mother, Johanna Carrillo, on the piano, Iris Locke on the drums. And now we have a vocal duet by Associate Pastor Marvin and Mrs. Sherlyn Bing. They will sing this heartwarming number entitled Spirit Song, accompanied by your Shirley on piano. This song is dedicated to Mr. and Mrs. Gillen and Patty Kuomoto, a faithful couple in the Lord. Gillen and Patty are always up and doing for the Lord's work. Thank you both for your labor of love in helping to keep the church's grounds looking beautifully trimmed and cleaned. Gideon Patty, may the Lord pour forth his bountiful blessings upon you, pressed down and overflowing, 
for all that you do for the Lord. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Son of God and for you with his spirit and his love let him fill your heart and satisfy your soul oh let him have the things that hold you and his spirit Thank you.
Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television times, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m on Time Warner Cable, channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view a Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at jesuscomingsoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches and services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanero Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Elverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espero in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espero in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. What a pleasure it is to have each of you join us as telecast viewers today. I'm especially pleased that you have elected to partake in the reading of God's Word with me and hear the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God. In my realm of experience, I have often found that when faced with difficult situations, most people will begin to search and exhaust all kinds of avenues of possible help and for some reason come to the right place last. Therefore, I pray that my sermon, Time and Eternity, will bring you to the knowledge that no matter what the difficulty, a guaranteed and absolute source of help, deliverance, or solution may just lie in the Lord and Savior Himself, Jesus Christ. Remember, He is just a prayer away. But in the process, much faith and patience may be required of you in return. Will you have the perseverance to endure to the end? 
Peter tells us in James 4.14, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. I can remember when as a boy a stove sat in one corner of the kitchen. On that stove was an iron kettle. I would often watch the steam rise from the spout of that kettle. But I would also notice that the vaporous cloud would disappear before it reached two feet in the air. The Bible says life is like that. Life is short. Did not Jesus say in Matthew 6.34, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What Jesus meant was we should live our best today. Yes, viewers, forget all the yesterdays as not to collect a lot of tomorrows. Forget all the mistakes and failures that you made yesterday. Just make certain that you don't make the same mistake twice. Don't think of tomorrow's problems. For today, be happy and smile. Be tenderhearted, kind, cheerful, loving, so that you can live your best today. The scripture says that life is like a weaver's shuttle. As you read in Job 7, 6, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Have you ever seen an old-fashioned loom? There's a handle on one side, and the man pulls that handle. Then the shuttle shoots back and forth across the loom, back and forth, back and forth, in a split second's time. The Bible says life is like that. As you read in 1 Corinthians 7, 29, But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remains that both they that have wives be as though they had none. Whenever we read of a person dying at 90 or 100 years of age, we tend to remark, that's a long time to live. But Methuselah lived 969 years, and even that was a short time compared to eternity. Suppose that your life was ending today. What would it be like? Would it be a time of sorrow or a time of joy? Would it be a time of regret or a time of hallelujah? Read Psalm 19, 9, 10, and verse 12. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath, we spin our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Yes, the Lord is the strength of our lives. Of whom shall we be afraid? As the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 1.21, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. On this earth Christ was everything to Paul, but in heaven the actual presence of the Lord Jesus Christ will be far better. As you read the 23rd verse, For I am a straight betwixt two, having desired to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Jesus' last sermon was in the upper room. And he tells us, as you read in John 14, verses 1 to 3, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Jesus knew that he was about to go forth to die, but instead of asking for help and comfort, he spent his last hours in comforting his disciples. After he had talked with them, he prayed with them, and then after they had sung a hymn together, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, from which he was taken by the soldiers and crucified. Now, isn't that just like Jesus, always concerned about the welfare of others? Life is certainly short. Therefore, viewers, what will be your testimony at the end of the way? Will it be a time to weep or a time to rejoice? It all depends on what you have done with Jesus. The second awesome thought is eternity is long. 
There are two illustrations which tell us about the length of eternity. Picture this world to be a great steel ball. Suppose that an eagle swooped down once every 100 years and touched, barely touched the steel ball with his beak. Then when the world-sized steel ball was completely worn out, it is said that eternity would begin at that moment. Suppose that a sparrow took a drop of water in his beak from the Pacific Ocean, then hopped across the United States and deposited that drop into the Atlantic Ocean. Suppose he hopped back across the country for another drop of the Pacific Ocean and kept repeating the process. When the sparrow empties the Pacific into the Atlantic again, eternity will begin at that moment. You may think that these illustrations are far-fetched, but no one can, in this world can measure the length of eternity. Read Isaiah 57:15, For thus said the high and the lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. A man who excludes Jesus from his life will discover at the judgment of the great white throne that the Savior who loved and died for him will be forced to the point, point him in the direction of hell. In hell, he might cry, how long, how long must I be tormented in these flames? And the walls will resound with an echo forever and forever. He realized that there is no end to his existence in hell. On the other side of the coin is the man who has lived for Jesus, and thus he goes to heaven. Jesus welcomes him with open arms, saying, Enter into the joy of the Lord. He looks about his new surroundings. Everything is glorious, peaceful, awe-inspiring, and majestically beautiful. He finds himself with a perfect body, no pain, no perplexing problems, and no tears. Reading Revelation 21.4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Totally awed by what he sees, this man approaches Jesus, and the Lord tells him, it's everlasting life you are going to enjoy this forever. The life is called everlasting because it originates from eternity and will pass unto the eternity which is to come. It is the life of God revealed in Jesus Christ, who is the Almighty God. This life of God revealed in Jesus Christ is imparted in the new birth. I have been asked why we often preach on you must be born again. My answer is because you must be born again. Without it, one has no hope of escaping the terrors of hell or enjoying the glories of heaven. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a very strict religionist. He separated the Passover, paid tithes, said prayers, offered the necessary sacrifices, and tried to keep the law. To him, Jesus said, he must be born again. Yes, spirits, law-keeping, joining a church, living up to a religious creed, and so forth will not save you. There will be many in hell who will have done all these things. Even keeping the golden rule, paying your bills, being a good neighbor, keeping out of jail and or leaving a good, clean, moral life won't save you. It is not reformation. Even if you entirely eliminate all your meanness, that will not give you the new birth. The problem is not external, but eternal. Rather than exterior decoration, it is an interior regeneration which is needed. And we warn you in the name of Jesus that you should not be satisfied until you have been born again. We turn to the Bible and read John 3, 3. Very, very, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The word again is inserted because God knows we were born once of our parents. Jesus said in verse 7, Marvel not that I said unto thee, he must be born again. Born again. That may seem strange to you. What does it mean? 
Man cannot bring about this new birth by his own efforts, any more than a baby can cause his own conception. Rebirth is something God initiates and completes. A man becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus. Apart from spiritual rebirth, man remains outside of God's family. Listen to John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now to be born of water is to be baptized therein. One must go into the water, be buried in it, and then emerge from the water. This is how one is born again. Sprinkling and pouring water over a person is not baptism. A common practice we witnessed at the Jordan River while on one of our past tours of the Holy Land. Baptism means to be dipped, immersed, or plunged. To be born of the Spirit is the baptism of the Holy Spirit or speaking in an unknown tongue. In what name should one be baptized? The answer is definitely in the name of Jesus Christ. After all, the name of the Father is Jesus, the name of the Son is Jesus, the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. Read in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why is the name so important, you ask? As for 12 declares, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In other words, according to the Bible, outside the name of Jesus, one cannot be saved. There is only one baptism, one faith, one body, one God and Father of us all. The third awesome thought is that sin is black. This world is sin sick, sick in the head, sick in the mouth, and sick in the heart. Ever since that old serpent Satan brought sin to the Garden of Eden, everyone has been contaminated with the malady of sin. The Bible says that we are born in sin and conceiving in iniquity. We read in Psalms 51.5, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Paul tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and there is none righteous, no, not one. We read in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, television viewers, you can find all kinds of men in the world, white, black, red, brown, and yellow. You can find rich, poor, educated, and ignorant men, but there is one individual you can never find. Look for him high and low, near and far, in every corner of the world, but can never find a man who has not sinned. What is sin? It is the transgression of the law, God's law. Take, for example, the corner traffic light. As your car approaches, it is red. Should you cross that intersection, you will transgress man's law. More than likely, you will pay the penalty for your encroachment. God has some great laws set forth in his Bible. If you transgress one of these laws, you will have sin. Sin is rebellion against God. God says, obey my commandments. However, should you declare, I'm free, I can do as I please, then you will have sinned and rebelled against God. Sin is the omission of good. Read James 4, 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and do it say not, to him it is sin. Today the sin of unbelief hangs over the world. We read John 3, 36. He that believeth of the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. Jesus said of sin because he believed not in me. And that was the reason the children of Israel could not enter the promised land. Because of unbelief. We read in Hebrews 3, 18 to 19, And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. However, viewers, there is a rest provided for the people of God, as we read in Hebrews 4, 10. For he that entered into his rest, he also had ceased from his own works, as God did from him.
Is there a penalty for sin? The Bible says there is. The wages of sin is death. And the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Read James 1, 13 to 16. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. The cause of sin is in ourselves, and we are drawn away by them. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust had conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. What is the remedy for sin? There is only one who has a remedy for sin. His name is Jesus. We read in 1 John 1, 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The fourth awesome thought is that hell is certain. Now the Bible speaks about hell as well as heaven. God loves us and therefore wants us that we can't find a way of escape through his son. Suppose viewers that you were driving down the highway at 75 miles per hour, and I knew that a few miles ahead of you, the highway had been washed out. I would know that if you drove on, your car would be wrecked and you would be killed. What would I do if I were your friend? I would flag you down and say, stop, stop, there is danger ahead. Well, the Bible tells us that hell is waiting for those who reject Christ. Hell is a place of separation from God and all his blessings. In that day, he will say, as we read in Matthew 25, 41, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, curse into everlasting fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. Everybody talks about hell, but nobody wants to go there. Read of a solemn warning of hell in Mark 9, 42 to 44. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he were cast into the sea. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter a halt into life than having two hands to go into hell and to the fire that never shall be quenched. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. In these scriptures, Jesus was giving a description of the terrors of hell. He taught that punishment for the person who will not believe in him and will not accept him lasts forever. Take a man who has been blessed by God. This man has been given good health, strength, prosperity, prestige, and the things that count in this world. God gave them to him. But the man's attitude that has always been, I don't need Jesus, I have everything. What will happen to such a man? He will go to a place where he will be separated from God and all good things. No question about it, hell is a place of suffering that has no end. This is one of the Bible's descriptions of that place. A hell of fire, a furnace of fire, a lake of fire. We read in Luke 16, 20-24 of a certain rich man. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried into angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments and seeing the Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Notice that hell is a real place of torment. Man's thoughts and feelings will remain as such throughout eternity. Hell is a place of the lowest association. We read in Revelation 21.8, But the fearful and unbelieving and the bondable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Yes, hell is certain and there is no escape except through the Lord Jesus Christ. Our final fifth awesome thought for time and eternity is that heaven can be yours. Maybe your parents, your loved ones, and friends have gone home to be with the Lord. Heaven is going to be as sweet when you meet them there, and there will be no more tears or troubles or sorrows. But the best part of it all is that you will fall at the feet of Jesus in gratitude for bringing you home. Why go to hell 
when you can go to heaven. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Just accept him as your Savior, Master, and Lord, and heaven can be yours. There's a story of a rich young man who had an excessive amount of money. He was a tourist too. He was enraptured by a Buckingham Palace where the king lived. One morning, he showed up to the gates expecting to be allowed in, but the soldiers struck out their bayonets and stopped him at the entrance. He removed a $100 bill from his pocket and said to the soldiers, Take this money. I can pay my way in. But one replied, You can't buy your way into the king's palace. If he invites you in, you may enter freely. It's the same way if you want to head to heaven. You can't pay your way in, but Jesus always invites you to come in free of charge. All you need to do is acquire your spiritual credentials by obeying and following the Lord's instructions in the gospel of the kingdom of God. Reading Psalms 49, 6-7, They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in their multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God for a ransom for him. In other words, viewers, salvation is an individual matter, a matter between you and God. Yes, heaven is out of this world. From the beginning of time, men have dreamed of place beyond death and like heaven. The tombs of ancient Egypt tell of the Egyptians' hopes and dreams for a future life of bliss. The early American Indians believed that when a young brave died, he went immediately to the great and happy hunting grounds. History shows that men of every age have an awareness of eternal life. Because God loves us, he is preparing a place for all who will obey him. Just imagine, beautiful homes will be given away free in the perfect city. No water bills, yet there will be 100% pure water. We read Revelation 22.1, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the first verse it says, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither the light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth light. And they shall reign forever and ever. Just imagine, no light bills. The permanent pavement there will be of pure gold, as you read in Revelation 21, 21. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. Everything will be new and desirable in the city. Everyone will be in perfect health. Isn't that awesome? If you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComesSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. To conclude our telecast, the church band will play the song entitled, Take the Name of Jesus With You.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.